Welcome to Miss Pack Light and Color, a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices of Black women. We believe that every Black woman has a soul story and that sharing these are a catalyst for healing for themselves and the broader community. I'm Candy and I'll be your host, Pack Light. Welcome to Miss Pack Light and Color podcast. We are continuing our series about the invisible story of violence against Black women. But today we are getting into domestic abuse. I have another amazing woman special guest, Kamisha Barnes. She is a vet social worker. She specializes in veteran affairs and suicide prevention. Kamisha, hey lady, hey sis. Thank you for joining (laughs) me. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Blessed and highly favored. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to bring me some wine because this topic is going to be too much today. We're going to get to it today. This is such an important topic. Um, And so thank you. Thank you again. Deepest gratitude for you joining me and then digging into this. So man, there's been a lot going on in the world. We started off this series talking about police brutality, wanted to dig in deeper to violence against Black women when we're talking about domestic abuse. It seems like that is something that consistently gets swept on the rug. So mm-hmm. what do you feel are the contributing factors of why domestic abuse against Black women is swept under the rug? Well, it's, there are a lot of complex reasons why we don't hear about it, why it gets swept under the rug. Um, part of it is that for Black women, Black women are less likely to report domestic abuse. And so there are many complex reasons why that is as well. Um, some, some of it is related to the fact that when we talk about defining what domestic violence is, what domestic mm. abuse is, that we don't always recognize that certain behaviors are abusive behaviors um, because domestic violence is all about power and control. And so mm-hmm. when you're talking about mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, you know, a lot of times women suffer in silence, not really recognizing that, hey, this is abusive behavior and this is not supposed to be happening to me. Um, so that's one big part of it. And then you have in a cultural context, you know, the, the whole family secret thing, what, what happens in this house stays in this house. Mm-hmm. And that in large part with, with black women, there's a big piece of just a feeling of loyalty you know, to the community, to their man. And so whenever you factor in all of that, um, that loyalty causes women to remain silent a lot of times, as well as not wanting the backlash that comes from being the one to air the dirty laundry. You know, you you tell the family secret. And so, you know, just in a cultural context, we have a lot of complex reasons why, um, you know, women don't, don't, don't speak up, don't report it. And then ultimately the issue gets swept under the rug. Wow. Okay. So your first point, just, I feel like that really, really hits home. Don't even know you being abused. Right. (laughs) Like not even aware, because I think a lot of times that when we think about domestic abuse, we just think about the physical part. Have you been hit? We don't even consider that domestic abuse. It's like literally, unless you punch me in my face. We right. Consider that right. The best we think about abuse. it in the most in the most extreme terms, and whenever you do that, you know it's a lot of times women will subject themselves to you know years of abuse in other forms. You know, financial abuse. I mentioned sexual abuse before. Even things like you know telling the kids things in order to turn the kids against 
against the woman mm -hmm. or you know using using things like that in a manipulative sense you know anything mm -hmm. that is manipulative and that um involves one person using power and control to exert influence over another person that's abuse that's abuse yeah mm -hmm. and I, I think a lot of um i recently was reading some stats on this about 54 percent of black women have experienced psychological abuse and right that's a lot and I think if you would talk to most black women, they'd be like, I've never been abused before. They right. would say that. And right. I know for me, that, that's been the case for me. I, uh, when, I, when I finally decided to go to therapy and I started understanding more about behaviors and control and things like mm -hmm. that, I was like, wait a minute. I was in an abusive relationship and didn't even realize I was. Like, what Absolutely. the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, how many other women were like me? Um, yeah. That just did, you, you knew it didn't feel right. You knew mm -hmm. it was icky, but mm -hmm. you were also probably used to seeing that behavior as a norm. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Seeing that mm -hmm. behavior and that aggressiveness as a norm. Right. Um, and therefore thinking, okay, this is how we argue. That's just how you right. argue. That, that's right. just how he just does that because he cares like mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and not realizing that that's a controlling huh mm -hmm. go ahead or he just got a little angry he just got a little angry yeah like okay so yes I, I mean that's totally key and then like you said the second part is protecting <laughs> mm -hmm. uh keeping it hush it's like okay we're dealing with a lot like black men have to deal with a lot already and the, the being you know dehumanized and and police brutality and the stereotypes mm -hmm. and things like that already and so there's a lot of cases where you don't want to add to that and you okay. are trying to protect the black man but also there's some reason in black families where it's just like well we're not gonna talk about that because that's family business and mm -hmm. it's like a secret right um so that kind of brings us to like in most recent news like we saw this i feel like with like meg the stallion like i was just so super shocked like i shouldn't do this but i read the comments man i'm like what the world like reading the comments mm -hmm. uh, on, on the shade room but i was like uh these people are really going in and mm -hmm. this trend that i saw was that a lot of people just did not believe her right so like, why do you feel that a lot of like, th this is not the first time I've seen this happen, right? But it was, so, but it was just still so just blatantly shocking to me that mm -hmm. why do a lot of people don't believe black women when they do speak up? Well, you know, there's just been this culture of exploitation around black women just in society at large. And so when you talk about like images of black women, how we've been portrayed, um, you know, the way that black women's bodies have been exploited mm -hmm. for so long in the media, and then, you know, you factor in that image of the strong black woman. And so it, it a lot of times carries with it this, this unbelievability that superhuman well, strength, that like she, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that, it could have been that bad. She stayed or, you know, she didn't, she didn't tell anybody right then. She waited years mm -hmm. to say anything. And so all of that factors into this culture of just exploitation and this whole image of the strong black woman. And it contributes to people not believing whenever a woman speaks up and says, hey, this happened to me. Um, and it's, it's a most unfortunate thing that that's the case. Um, it's but so it's sad. also important. 
yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons why it's important for us to have these conversations so that, you know, we can begin to break those things down. Yeah, like one of the things they were saying was like, uh, Meg's like six feet tall and Tory Lanez is like a, I don't know how tall he is, five feet something. But, you know, they were just right. like, she's so much bigger than him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what, what bearing does that have? You know? And you're right, it is shocking. It's shocking the rationalization that people will come up with to, to dispute when somebody says, you know, this happened to me. I mean, it was the same thing. It's like, um, they got, you got to immediately start attacking someone's character because it was also the piece mm -hmm. where they were like, well, she just, just came out with, or did the WAP thing come out afterwards? WAP came out afterwards? That was afterwards. It I think it came like out that. afterwards, but they're just in general, like she makes this type of music, right? To your point. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the the overly, you know, sexual music. And so it's almost like that validates that happening and it to absolutely her. Does not. It does not. And that's not to say that there's not a place for conversation about those concerns when people have those absolutely. concerns. Absolutely. But that's a separate conversation. Absolutely. It, that, that's right over here. We can discuss that another right. day. Exactly. This, we're dealing with the fact that she got shot in the foot today. Yeah. And it shouldn't serve to invalidate at any point, you know, a woman reporting that violence happened against her. And at the, the, um, the over-sexualized piece, right, has been mm -hmm. happening since slavery, right? So right. For, for Black men, they were also uh, kind of uh, described is overly sexualized men boom 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 that's going to try to uh take uh the white woman over and therefore mm -hmm. we need to protect them and then on the other side it was that black women were also overly sexualized in mm -hmm. um jazabelles basically and right. tempting the white man and therefore that's why they uh basically rape them. It's like reasons to uh, validate the abuse has been happening since the beginning mm -hmm. of the time. And that story has been happening against the beginning of time. And in the same vein about the strong black woman, it also is mm -hmm. that same stereotype because black women were doing uh, that manual labor, picking cotton right. in the fields, tobacco. And so it began to paint this picture of this woman that was not vulnerable, uh, was not mm -hmm. soft. And so then it's, you don't have to protect her as much because she can right. use this. Right. And it, it, it's most unfortunate because when you talk about like just the prevalence of it and just the fact that, you know, among black women, you mentioned the, like how often, how many black women have, have um, experienced domestic abuse or domestic violence. And it's, um, there were some, some statistics that I looked at from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And so it talks about black women being three times as likely to experience domestic violence as white women. And wow. also when it, when it, uh, the CDC did a, a mortality report that looked at the years from 2003 to 2014 and black women were 51% or 51% of black adult women homicides um, you know, black women accounted for 51.3% wow. of homicides that involved domestic violence. And so, you know, when you look at those numbers, that's just, it's astonishing. And so all of um, mm -hmm. these images and, and all of this over-sexualization and this exploitation of black bodies, um, it, it, this is how it manifests. 
because mm -hmm. all the attitudes and behaviors that mm -hmm. say, oh, that didn't happen, oh, she can't be mm -hmm. telling the truth, or mm -hmm. it, it, it becomes so unbelievable, and then you end up with statistics like these that are just mm -hmm. so disproportionate, um, and it's, 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 a, it's a serious problem. It's a bit like when you actually like go and I'm like, you have this feeling, you're like, this seems off, like this is a thing. And then when you go and actually do your research, you're like, oh, this truly is a thing. I'm not making this up. But it seems right. like a, a lot of what I saw also was that in the conversation, some black men got defensive and I understand why. Cause it was like protect mm -hmm. black women. What do you mean we don't protect black women? How do you, how are you saying this? And this is just the agenda against the black male and da 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 da. Um, and I understand that all black men aren't doing that but when black men don't acknowledge that this is an issue, it then right. basically gives permission to the men that are doing that, that this right. is a pass and it's okay. Right. Nobody's holding them accountable for their behavior. Right. And that, that may come from um, just, you know, among black men, when you talk about the reasons behind domestic violence and why it even happens, again, it's very complex what the reasons are. So let's you know, talk about it. What are the people. reasons? <laughs> okay. So just from, from a mental health standpoint, because that's, that's where I'm coming from. Yes. So when you look at it from a mental health standpoint, you know, it's not to say that mental health conditions cause violence. We don't want to put that impression out there because then that's mm -hmm. going to feed into a stigma that will cause people to not go and get help when they identify the issue. So it's not to say that, but there is a part that um, having a lack of skills to cope with the regular everyday stresses of life brings. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about things like the unemployment rate being disproportionately high among black men and black women, you mm -hmm. think about um, societal norms, black men as the provider and the mm -hmm. stress that comes with that. And then especially now in the context of COVID-19, where mm -hmm. you've seen unemployment rates soar and you have men who are unable to, to be that provider mm -hmm. and to um, deliver what their families need. And so that generates a lot of anger, you know, a lot of frustration that oftentimes mm -hmm. is then expressed as violence because there's a lack of other skills um, in order to deal with the, the emotional piece and what they might be feeling. Yeah, and, and I mean, stats also say that, like, in most cases of this happening, it is with an intimate partner, right? Right. So right. you're right here, I'm angry, and there we go. It's like a, exactly. a, a ticking time bomb. And so in addition mm -hmm. to the, some of the things you, you said, we have uh, mass incarceration. Uh, mm -hmm. We have folks who get out of finally have the chance to start over and get out of jail but not given the proper skills and, and, and cannot get mm -hmm. a job because in most cases if you have to say you have a criminal record people will not hire you and so mm -hmm. again then you're not able to provide there um dealing mm -hmm. with the, the dehumanization of you as a black man in general like they don't even mm -hmm. see you as a man uh, right. it's just all of that constant uh 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 of, yeah. of feeling like less than and so in feeling out of control because to your point of what you said earlier it's all about control right absolutely and power and in if mm -hmm. you're feeling and so again none of this is to justify any of this behavior it's more just because right. again like we're not i want to be clear we are not justifying a no. thing um no. 
this then leads to basically, like you said, not knowing proper coping skills of how to handle all of that mental stress. And that goes back to the need um, in the Black community to really seek mental health and understanding mental health and the stigma, the unfortunate negative stigma that that plays for us as a whole, as a community, um, has also hurt us in this area. Absolutely. It absolutely has. Um, Because it it takes away the accountability piece. And Mm -hmm. it, you know, makes it easy for somebody to say, well, you know, I'm not crazy. Or, you know, and and crazy is not a diagnosis. You know, nobody's ever said you're crazy, but it's also not normal to um, express those frustrations through violence. And so at some point, we have to become accountable for the way that we are um, responding to the different stresses and things going on around us and, and recognize that, okay, this is not the norm. It shouldn't be the norm. And there's help that I can go and get to um, deal with this in a more effective way. To that point, like based on your expertise, why is it so important to speak out and get the proper help when you find yourself in an abusive situation? So for Black women in that circumstance, that's the only way that you're going to end the invisibility and, you know, Mm. the marginalization, because when you stay silent, you stay invisible. But to begin to speak out about it, um, it brings awareness to the cause. And then it also eliminates what resources and services there are that are available. And, you know, the more that we have women begin to do that, then, you know, it's just going to grow the network. So then when the next woman comes along and needs somewhere to go, then maybe it won't be so hard for her. Um, if you have, you know, a, a stream of women who've gone before and who have sort of paved the way. Ooh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's, it, and I can feel like, at, you know, as a woman, one, I think Black women are going to deal with normal uh, feelings and emotion and trauma of just being abused like any other woman. So you have that layer that you already have to deal with the shame Mm -hmm. um, and feeling somehow like you were responsible or you played into that, Mm -hmm. that you have to like cut through. But then we also then as black women, we have this other layer (laughs) um, of we're not going to be believed. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to cause more issues for the family. We're going to cause more issues for the Black man that we have to cut through. And it just seems like it's just so so many more layers that we have to push through to get to the other side. But to your point, we have years of being brave and Mm -hmm. resilient and and, and fighting. What I want for us is the same fight that we do for our Black men to do for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, and not to, like, I certainly don't want to minimize the issues that might make it hard for a woman to leave the situation because those are very real. And so when you start talking about a woman who has children, um, you start talking about a woman who is not in an economic standing to be able to Mm -hmm. leave. 
Um, you know, those are all very real circumstances that might keep a woman in place longer than she wants to be. Um, because I don't believe that anybody in an abusive situation wants to stay in an abusive no, situation. No, no. Um, there are circumstances that, that keep them from being able to leave. And so I'm not blind to the reality of that, but that does not in any way diminish the need for us to continue to speak up about it. And Absolutely. to make sure that, you know, the supports and services are in place for those women who might find themselves in those situations. And so one of the things to... Um, also be aware of because we do know that you know there's such a disproportionate mortality rate for black women whenever you're talking about domestic violence and intimate partner violence mm -hmm. you know one of the um, things that has to be in place whenever a woman is talking about leaving is that there does have to be a concerted safety plan and um, so you know that's one of the things that um, is is emerging and that um, domestic violence organizations are working more with women to put a safety plan in place so that it's not always a situation where you recognize the need and you can immediately do it, but you can put a plan in place, work towards being able to leave um, with everything in order. And if a situation arises where it's like, okay, it's a matter of life and death, I got to get out of here right now for my safety, then there's a plan in place for that too. Um, and so we just need to do our part to make sure that we're having the conversations and getting the information out there so that women know, you know, this is something that's available. Um, wow. Yeah, and then we can meet them where they are and begin to work with them right where they are towards ultimately the goal of getting out of that situation. That is so true. So like, yeah, I read this stat that said like 2.5 of women who are in domestic, black women are in domestic abuse situations, 2.5 more. Um, than white women, black women are murdered in these domestic mm -hmm. abuse situations. And right. in one of our prior conversations that we were having on this topic, um, my guest was talking about the gun laws. And so um, in Georgia, for example, there's the gun law that where if you have had a temporary restraining order, because like that's kind of like your first step if you're ending up in the situations, um, and the man owns a gun, the, the state will not take the gun away from him temporarily. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, 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 the, why they're in court, while they're dealing with all of that. And so that's such a dangerous period to your point about having a safety plan. Mm -hmm. But there's also, um, unfortunately, there are policies and laws that are not in place to protect women in those situations. Yeah, and so there's a, there's a great need for advocacy um, and for us to get involved in, in the political scene in order mm -hmm. to make our elected officials aware of those laws and things that, that do not serve to help protect women who are dealing with domestic violence. And that's Ooh. something that we all can do. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. Like, what are some things, so if, if you're not the one who's suffering in silence, what are some things that you know, we all can do to better help this situation and combat against this issue in our community. So, yeah, so of course, on the political front, there's the advocacy piece. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, if you know somebody individually, just being supportive, being that person um, who's able to listen and not passing off judgment. Um, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes, you know, we like to um, go into that vein of, uh, you know, girl, if I was you, I wouldn't put up with that. You know, I, I would do this, or I would do that. And, you know, that doesn't always serve um, to be the most helpful for a woman in that situation. No. Um, because, you know, there's that, that's so loaded. It just comes with a lot. And so. Um, it goes back to you need to be a strong black woman. So, like, right. Stop it. Right. And so.
so we just don't want to continue to perpetuate that. And so one of the one of the things that we can do is is to educate ourselves about what the resources are and then pass that information along. You know, help point women to the organizations and the agencies that are that are there um, to provide support and services um, if they're dealing with domestic violence. We can all be more loving and 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 lend an ear and listen. Absolutely. Um, and be supportive for the mm-hmm. women who might be suffering in silence. What are some encouraging words you have for them? So I would start by just saying you are not alone. You absolutely mm-hmm. are not alone. Nope. And if you're feeling like you want to get out of that situation and you can't do it by yourself, you don't have to. You absolutely do not have to, um, you know, just know that it's not about you. Someone else's use of power and control to manipulate you is never about you. So don't internalize those things. Recognize that you are, you're worthy. You're worthy and you are not alone. You don't have to do it alone. Um, And so, you know, just reach out for help and um, trust the process, you know, begin to take just that first step, even if it's just, calling the the national domestic violence hotline and i actually have that information Can yes I, can please I share okay. yes ma'am absolutely okay, so. we're here to help <laughs> all right so the national domestic violence hotline um you can dial 1-800-799-7233 um and that actually spells out 1-800-799-SAFE s-a-f-e and if it's a situation where you're not able to call and talk because it's not safe to do that you can go to thehotline.org. And so there are many resources available on the webpage whenever you go to thehotline.org um, that will help to be able to begin to put uh, measures in place for yourself. And then you can also um, text LOVE, L-O-V-E, to 22522, and that'll get you connected with someone to live text uh, chat with. Thank you. thank you thank you thank you oh man um ladies yes so again we wanted to have this hard conversation um to because i feel like the biggest thing here is to start bringing awareness to these issues and i think to the point of what we already discussed so um, so many women black women feel like they are alone and this and you're not and there are several other women that are going through the same thing as you and but on the other side of that fear is is joy in 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 a path of you are worthy like we already said and and you deserve the best for yourself and i know you know that (laughs) because like you know i'm saying all of us know that right Um, but we find ourselves at times in situations that aren't as loving to us, right? And so right. we have to love ourselves more than we love others um, because we have to love at our overflow, as I always say. <laughs> right. That's and so, so we love you. And that's why we wanted to have this conversation. Sis, thank you for having this conversation with me. Thank you so much again, sis, uh, for joining me. And um, guys, everybody be well, and we wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Miss Pack Light and Color. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Pack Light and Color. Pack Light.